Hey everybody, welcome to our podcast. Uh, we have a special guest today. Sean Williams is here to talk about our topic with me. We're going to talk about how rule sets are driving technical development. Uh, talk about a little bit of the the discussions and controversies surrounding different rule sets that are emerging in jiu-jitsu. So really excited to talk about with Sean about that uh, because Sean, I, he's uniquely qualified on this subject. Uh, Sean's always a good person to have comment on anything related to jiu-jitsu um, just because of his deep knowledge of jiu-jitsu and his ability to articulate uh, kind of, you know, complex or maybe points that aren't necessarily clear, well-defined. I think Sean is probably the best in the world at articulating uh, his thought process, different points of view, and comparing them. Uh, some of Sean's jiu-jitsu background, for people who don't know him, he's been called the teacher's teacher by other you know, world-class, elite-level teachers. Uh, he was my teacher, so I have personal experience, and I, I, I've trained with a lot of great instructors, great teachers, great coaches, both in wrestling and in jiu-jitsu. And, you know, Sean is, there's there's certain areas where I'll just unequivocally say Sean is the best. He was the best uh, at, at imparting certain types of knowledge. He's an all-around great instructor. He's a good coach and motivator. Um, so he has a really unique set of uh characteristics about you know his deep knowledge he competed at all levels of jiu-jitsu uh very open-minded he's really experienced and knowledgeable about wrestling and judo as well and also mixed martial arts he's he's trained with some of the you know george st pierre some of the best in the world at mixed martial arts so he he has a, a knowledge in all those areas and, and more i mean it would be if i listed all the the training he's done and the people he's trained with it would take up too much time but um he he's also a com he, he's a, a commentator for uh, the IBJJF. He's commentated most of the big tournaments uh, for that organization when they switched over to IBJJF TV, and then they switched over. Now I think they're covered by Flow Grappling. Sean's worked with them, so he really has commentated and been uh, at all the big tournaments, uh, you know, for a long time. Sean mentions on the podcast that he's been training jujitsu for. Uh, it's about 20 years now and uh, it really shows his deep experience being around the best being at the highest level himself uh, and uh, there's some really good points I think you that everybody's going to get from this podcast whether you're a competitor a fan uh, or a teacher we'll probably break this uh, into two parts this interview I did with Sean because uh, we kind of got off into a separate topic this, we're gonna. This one will focus on the topic of the of new rules and rule sets and things like that. And first, the first thing I wanted to to ask you about, Sean, is uh, that we see these different rule sets like the submission only. That's that's kind of the hot topic right now. They're very popular. They've they've some of the guys from from you know Henzo Gracie guys, John Danaher students uh, have have done really well in 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 those rule sets and. Uh, We've kind of seen some different technical development there too. I think. I think uh, the leg lock game has, you know, the vanguard is John's students and you know our our team, the Hanzo Gracie team. Uh, but the 
I think across the board, we've seen leg locks kind of develop more because, you know, maybe because of the, do you think because of those rule sets, do you think that's part of the reason why or? Yeah, po- possibly, you know, like, uh, first of all, it's a real pleasure to be here with you, Warren, today. And uh, yeah, I possibly, you know, go, to go back on the submission only, uh, just a brief note uh, that's kind of funny is, you know, when, when I started at Henzo's, we, we never even had time limits in training. Like the first time that I think we did that I did an actual timed match was was probably almost purple belt. Uh, till in that time we just rolled until we were exhausted and if we went through different <laughs> rounds of course because you train with someone for 20 minutes and you're tired and then you switch your training partners so and of course and sometimes Enzo would uh, switch partners and stuff like this but you know we trained like that from the beginning and I, I don't you know it, I think it makes its way to a submission orientated game when there, you aren't just trying to win by points. You're, you're trying to submit each other uh, over and over and over um, because you just don't care. And then the footlock game, I think submission only and no time limits and no points lends itself more to the ability to do footlocks because of the rule sets. On a normal tournament, say IBJJF, if you sit back for a footlock, you're penalized if the guy gets to the top. So immediately you're 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 jeopardizing your win if i'm on the top passing guard and i drop down for a footlock and i mess it up and then my opponent gets to the top i mean he's going to be rewarded two points so i think people don't like to take that risk and those style of rules i just don't want to sit down for a footlock or you know get have a guy get on top because boom now i'm losing yeah and i another thing that you that you just said i i can um, just kind of reminded me, uh, y- you know, you see John has, has been, you know, really popular because of his, his students have done, you know, great with leg locks. But I think that the, just the Henzo group as a group have always been really strong with leg locks. Would you, I mean, you, you're yeah. one of the original guys, you're one of, you know, Henzo's original guys and, and, you know, been in that group since the beginning. And I've had other teachers tell me that, they thought you were one of the innovators of the leg lock game and and i've i remember you know not not i didn't start as long ago as you but years ago uh you know we were working on pretty intricate systems for leg locks and you would teach me things like that so uh do you think that that that's something that's always kind of been a uh, a theme within let's say henzo's school yeah, I, I do. I do. I, I tell this story all the time. Is that for my first day of jiu-jitsu, I learned a cross heel hook and a knee bar. That was my first day of jiu-jitsu. Welcome to the Enzo Gracie Academy. We're learning heel hooks today. What, yeah, what year do you think that was? I was, was yeah, it was 1996. <laughs> actually, it was almost, it was September 6th, 1996. So it was 20 years. I've been in jiu-jitsu now 20 years. It was a 20-year anniversary this month. But anyway, uh, yeah, we, we, we did it from the beginning, and I... You know, I don't. I believe that we just didn't know how lucky we were because Henzo loved uh, footlocks, heel hooks. Hein, when he came and visited, was big, a big advocate of footlocks and heel hooks. And so I, I think we had a very early. Uh, sup- there was a lot of early support of of leg locks, and um, that wasn't the case in the whole worldwide, especially in the jiu-jitsu community. A lot of the, a lot of leg locks were looked very down upon. You know, you get booed. It, people thought it was cheap, but no one at our school ever thought it was cheap. It was just another way to end a fight. So 
Yeah, I think we we had that early on, and and then of course I think John is literally a genius. So when he gets a hold of something that he wants to put his mind into, uh, it just starts to get go to another level. So added details, uh, an added system um, made it. He made it just much more efficient now. So yeah, I've been there from the beginning. Yeah, um, going back to like the rule set you talked about in IBJJF, it, it's. It's almost a risk to to do, you know. Not not that there's no footlocks. I mean, I just I remember seeing uh, Gracie magazine posted a list of recently after Worlds this year, a list of, you know, the the submissions by percentage at black belt. The uh, Bishop BJJ website did one. I did one myself in 2012, uh, and kind of all came out with similar findings. And leg locks were a, a bit a big part of even the gi, like the toe holds, uh, and. But I, but I think that an interesting thing is when you change rules, you see technical, different technical development. Uh, would you agree with that? Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, you take away leg reaping in the IBJJF, you're gonna see, you see different things come around. Yeah. I, the rules really dictate w- how the game is played. So of course, people are going to advocate different techniques to play in that within those rule sets and make their percentage higher of winning yeah of course and they run with it you see guys like you know uh, an example in jiu-jitsu i'd say uh you know guys that got really good at the barambolo mendez Mm -hmm. kayatera uh within those rule sets that that was rewarded more and because there was certain leg locks were were banned there was less risk for a lot of those players too now those guys are good at avoiding you know leg locks also but but it just it just the rule sets kind of forced the development of that narrow part of the game is, is what what I've seen. And I, I think that I see that a lot in, you know, freestyle wrestling, for example. They've done a lot of rule changes recently because, you know, they were going to take it out of the Olympics and stuff. And you see the rules really changing how people use takedown strategies. Uh, for example, um, the push-out rule, yeah. you know, that, that changed a lot of things. When they first, when they first made that push-out rule, uh, there was a lot of, uh, you know, like uh, body lock throwovers. You saw yeah. it all the time, and now you don't see it. They've developed that. Like, it's changed yeah. uh, at the highest level. So, you know, as, as they develop and they get more used to the rules, you see different things. I think when they had that, the, the single-leg clinch mm-hmm. thing, a lot of cool stuff got developed off of that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was the best rule for spectators and for the sport as a whole, but a lot of cool uh, uh, finishes and, and finishing strategies came off of that, I yeah. think. So I think, it, it, can you think of any more examples like in recent jiu-jitsu where, where a rule change or a system of rules kind of brought out some, some interesting techniques? Well, I can, you know, I can certainly think of, you know, some competitions where it... It didn't necessarily bring out the best techniques, but uh, you know when it's no time limit and sub only, and people let themselves get mounted, like uh, that's not always the that's best thing, good, you know. Yeah. But but I but uh, I agree that you know completely that it it can bring about some really cool innovations because they're forced, um, and that's one of the reasons why. Uh, uh, I, the rule sets being such a hot topic, one of the reasons why I think it's great that there are so many different tournaments with different rules. I really do. Uh, I don't think there's there's one better than the other for the same reason as what we're talking about now is because it brings about certain innovations and it brings about certain skill sets that 
if you can adapt those skill sets across the board, great. You have you've you've won. You know, um, uh, but but it brings about different things, and I think that that's at least trying to elevate jujitsu forward. Um, whether it's always for the best, maybe not. But but uh, if it if it's certainly exciting, and you, even Barambolo, I always. I, I talk about the Barambolo a lot, the poor Barambolo. He must be getting sick of being picked on. But uh, because I think it's it's super efficient. I mean, it really, with the gi, it is a very efficient move. That's why people do it. And that's why people have such success with it, with the gi. Um, and if if maybe if if some of this stuff, you know, I know, I know Samuel Braga has done it for years and years and years, but uh, maybe if some of the rule sets didn't quite change the way they we may not have that whole that whole system that it, it is around now there are so many people doing it so um that system might not be quite as complete as what it is now and you take the geese off and can you use it the same way no but you can still use it creatively to get into some foot locks and heel hooks and it also makes people aware of their legs so um, if it's going to teach you anything, it's going to teach you some athletic movements and it's going to teach you some leg awareness uh, as it's rolling underneath. So even if you don't use it no-gi, it's still like, hey, man, it's still a cool thing to practice. It still teaches good skill sets, still teaches athleticism, still teaches body awareness. So is that good? Yeah, it is. That's a, that's a really interesting point. I, I think I just thought of when you were talking about that, the guard that you're the, – that well you're it's named after you the williams guard um i remember you talking about how it was developed and it seems like it it, it correct me if i'm wrong but it was there was some some things going on at henzo's with with nogi kind of mma oriented mm-hmm. things right correct, and, yeah and and you developed that guard really sort of for for an mma scenario yeah right? absolutely yeah. yeah 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 we were training for Rodrigo's fight and uh, talking about the Williams guard, yeah, right. correct, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, um, Nino Shimbri was up just like a prior few months and he was pulling his foot over. You know, basically, he was the real uh innovator of rubber guard, which he just didn't call a rubber guard, but he pulled his foot over, uh, not the whole system, of course, but just pulling the foot uh, flat on his back over. And, and I was fairly flexible, I did that for a while, but then, yeah, as well, fight training, a guy had a tank top on with like. Like it's like a thin little tank top, so his whole back and his shoulders were sweaty. So every time I pulled my foot over, it would just he would just slide right out. He would literally lift up me off the floor and slide right out. And then so that guard became possible because then I I held his shoulder underneath my leg, and all of a sudden he couldn't pull out. I got Uma Plata, and there it goes. And you know it was, it was more or less because we were training either nearly shirtless for an MMA event. You know it wasn't no gi. It was, but it was, uh, you know, we weren't wearing rash guards. And, and the consequences, right? If if you slip out in a in a jujitsu match, it are not the same as if somebody's on top of you and they slip out in an MMA situation. Yeah. So the then, rule sets <laughs> correct. Uh, you get much, much more rain down. Yeah. Some bombs rain down if you're flat on your back and somebody pulls out square like that. It's yeah, it's no good. <laughs> so that's a that's a great example of like a rule set kind of you know uh, dictating developing a cool you developed a cool technique uh, a, a cool system because of a different rule set a different scenario. That's it. Yeah. I th- I think an, an interesting one to touch on MMA is the the stuff that's going on against against the cage. Uh, there's there's 
people are developing cool stuff there. I mean, Damien Maia has some neat stuff that he does in the cage. Um, uh, do you think that, what other areas do you think, uh, do you see that are, do you think are going to be developed more in the future? Uh, with some of the new rule sets, either MMA, uh, the submission only, some of the other kind of strange variants of that that are coming out. Do you think there's there's things that, that we're going to see in the future, uh, technical systems or positions that are, that are you know, ready to, ready to develop or get popular? Yeah, I think with, I think the, we've just begun with the sub-only sub style tournaments because, as people adapt to these rule sets, they're gonna go, okay, now now everybody's literally like playing the rules and we'll, we'll need to adapt our tournaments and so that will help adapt the style of jujitsu. I'm, and I'm hoping that it continues to not only just reward submissions, but sort of align jujitsu for, for more than just sitting on your butt because it's efficient but to also award uh, good wrestling skills and uh, takedown ability um, because I think that's important in MMA. It's a separate topic. But um, I think we're just starting, you know, because like last EBI, for instance, uh, Eduardo Tellis, who's, who's great in his own right, had blatantly said uh, something akin like, I'm going to win by stalling out everyone and then, and then I'm going to like beat them in overtime. But that... That may not be like the most exciting. So, you know, of course, is it efficient? Yeah, because it's been done. Like several people were 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 exposed like that. I mean, uh, Jean Mial got exposed like that. You know, he couldn't yeah. finish and he got rode out basically um, in overtime. So, you know, I think these uh, for him, that rule set. I would imagine if he's a, such a great competitor, he probably went back to the gym and bettered his back control escape. Just because of the rule set of EBI, somebody starts on your back, man, you better have a good freaking back escape and better be fast, or you better have a really good arm lock and you better have a good arm lock defense. So, you know, those things could develop those areas now. Yeah, that's that. Uh, I, I think that's interesting. Like the back, the back control and escapes have to be one of the areas that that are going to develop more because they're just there more. I mean, yeah. it's, it was already. I think you know they say, the you know when I mentioned that Gracie magazine that it's that's by far the the position where most submissions come, but they're still not. You almost you're almost guaranteed in those submission events to get there now. So I think that that'll develop that that part of it. Um, Another part that I, you touched on just there is that those those transitions where uh, it's not really wrestling, but it starts in kind of a wrestling scenario, and then you transition to s submission situations. Uh, I, I think those, um, and I know you really you you do a lot of work as far as like just exploring those positions and things like that. Uh, it, th those seem to me to be another area where there could be more development. I mean, there's a little more athleticism in that. So I think it, you know, that, that may be a, a, a thing where only, you know, maybe, maybe certain, maybe just competitive competitors will be able to explore that more. I don't know, but, but, uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? Because you, I, I know that you come up with some cool positions. I probably, people haven't seen it yet. Uh, some of them, but from, from those kind of transitions where maybe you're in a wrestling scenario, but 
you're quickly tra- it's not really wrestling because you're transitioning because the rules are so much different right you can attack arms and stuff and you're transitioning to the floor in a different way uh do you, uh, are there some of those positions do you think that's a, a, a thing that will develop more absolutely absolutely i i think that it should develop more as well i think feet to floor that transition, whether it's in MMA, whether it's in grappling, is uh, probably one of the least, um, I guess you could say, explored areas uh, that you find. Normally, uh, what's standard in jiu-jitsu school is that you are on the, you spend most of the time on the ground, or you do a takedown, and then now you go and do the ground separate. Um, and same with wrestling, like. Wrestling, of course, I think it's actually a lot better because they they have to not only take somebody down, they have to score. So, um, but then they need to add, of course, the jujitsu element of the finishes. But I think that that's a part of the game that has a big, big, big uh, world to be left that we could explore for sure um, because it's so important. Um, and no matter what environment you're in, uh, that element is important. Whether it's um, sitting in for a, like a takedown that gets defended, that's sitting into a footlock, or you know, that's just one little. We example. did one. We did one tonight in class, yeah. actually. Yeah. Uh, and you know, we just got. I just got done. Uh, I, I was in Sean's class at, at Five Star Martial Arts, and uh, we worked on a, re, a, a front headlock position where uh, the 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 defensive person was moving. Uh, in the turtle position in a way that I you know we've seen that Sean's taught me before and Henzo is I've seen at Henzo's and and then uh, Sean came up with you know a, a jiu-jitsu submission based leg lock attack off that so uh, and and then s- systems after depending on how the training partner reacted but um, it, that was a really interesting transition because it, you know, the, it started out as it started out as sort of a wrestling position we're in a front headlock uh, then it then it transitioned to sort of a, a jiu-jitsu position and then it ended up with a le- into a leg lock so that i guess tonight was a great example of of that what we just talked about so um I, that's something i'm looking really looking forward to see the competitors doing and exploring and and i'm sure that you know the coaches on our team and other co- other great coaches are gonna really develop some neat stuff with that yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it needs to be done for sure yeah so um Sean, uh, also, you know, you have Five Star Martial Arts and uh, new website coming out. Yeah, definitely. The uh, uh, my online site's almost ready to rock and roll. Uh, so, um, if you're interested in that, I'll be putting up a little email form on my blog site, which is SeanWilliamsBJJ.com, and uh, it'll once it's uh, live, I'll shoot you an email to uh, go check it out. So I got a sneak, uh, kind of like a sneak preview of it tonight, and uh, it's going to have a lot of fundamentals on it. It's going to have a lot of structure, which, you know, there's so many great uh, technical websites yeah, out there. Tons. So much, and it's like almost overwhelming, and I, I'm, you know, I've been a member of some of the really good ones, you know, Marcelo's, Braulio's, Mendez Brothers, and, and uh, they have great stuff on them. Yeah. What this one's, uh, I think, was, was really cool about uh, Sean's was was the structure of it and you know you, you guys will have to check it out but um, it, you know it'll probably we'll, we'll, I explore not only you know a lot of fundamentals a lot of structured fundamentals uh, but you know hopefully we'll, we'll see some uh, uh, some of that stuff we talked about some of the techniques that we learned tonight uh, and just explore some of that uh, some of the innovative stuff that Sean does 
uh, to, on the website. Yeah, so. definitely. I I, uh, I think all of those guys are great guys, and you know, uh, if you like what I do, then you'll like the site. You know, it's uh, if you like what they do, you're gonna like their site. I think it's all adding to uh, jujitsu, and it's all good stuff. I did want to say uh, that uh, because I I, I want to stir up some stir the pot a little bit. Yeah. Like it's uh, all the rules, talk, and everything. You know, uh, because the no su- the the uh, no time limit and submission only are such a hot topic right now. So, and I know that people are like, uh, I'll stir the pot a little. I like to do it. But they're like, hey man, that's the original. That's the original pure jujitsu. Well, I got news for everybody. The original pure jujitsu had fighting in it. (laughs) It wasn't. (laughs) It wasn't just tournaments of no time limit, no submission. Um, The original was no time limit fighting. (laughs) It was punches, kicks, and submissions. And uh, because sometimes gi chokes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, And just to be funny, you know, but. and because that's, you know, my I like jiu-jitsu that works for that as well. I, I like all jiu-jitsu. I like all the tournaments that are around, all the different rule sets that are, are fun. Um, there was even one recently where there were push-outs. Yeah. Did you see yeah, that? That like, was a great Yeah, yeah. It, was, it, was it's, it's, it was fun. It's fun. It's crazy, right? Yeah, it was really crazy. So, was crazy. And I think that people will find that in every different rule set, most likely you'll have some different champions. It, it's like Pride versus UFC. When you can knee a downed opponent and you can't hang out anymore in a front headlock position you, or you're going to get kneed in the head, you probably will have a different champion than somebody that's just going to be stuck. You know, No, you've got to develop those skill sets. And, and that was, I really like Pride anyway. I'm going off on a tangent. but Well, I mean, that's, that's actually what the, the topic. I mean, Pride, the rule sets, there was other differences too, right? Yeah. The time, the time structure time was very was different. different. I, I think I think that made a big difference. And, and you saw so, you saw different techniques. Like another, you know, talking up talking up uh, Sean and his team a lot, the Henzo team, but like the stuff Henzo, the guard, the, yeah, I, I, the trigger guards and things like yeah. that, that people still... You kind of you don't even really see it that much anymore. No, there's no need for it really yeah. anymore. But yeah. it was great technique. You know? Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Somebody postures up in your garden, you can kick them in the face even if they're on their <laughs> knees. That's nuts. So it yeah. didn't. People didn't sit up like that back then. You know, like they didn't just like, hey, how you doing? Like um, or they get kicked. So different things like that make make different champions. Yeah, yeah, and like I, I agree. I mean, I liked I like all of it. I like pride. I like. The UFC oh, does cool stuff too. You know, there's cool stuff that have been starting to be developed there. Uh, but um, yeah, I I, uh, I I think the the takeaway for me tonight is like I think a, a great point is it's good to have all the all the tournaments, yeah, right? I, I enjoy watching all the different formats and uh, and even going back to like wrestling and judo, even too. I, I've enjoyed the different. You know, I I think. For wrestling, I think the rule sets they have now for freestyle wrestling are much better. I like them better. But I I liked some of the... It was cool to have the old ones, too. There's yeah. certain things I liked about the old ones, yeah. too. You know, maybe like new new com- people that are just getting into competitive jiu-jitsu. They want to compete. There's different. There's all these different rule sets that they can compete under. Uh, you know, whether they want to go into just jiu-jitsu competition or maybe compete in MMA also. What advice do you have to for, for those people? I would say... You know, obviously, uh, it's an individual preference. Um, I'm a big advocate of uh, doing what you love, doing what you want to do. 
But I would definitely say that if MMA is anywhere in your your brain that I'm gonna do, I'm gonna fight. Then focus in on productive submission oriented jujitsu, um, because the gi game these days is so far is going so far to the left uh, that you must get good at that game to perform well at, on those tournaments, and it is counterproductive to a jiu-jitsu style that is made for MMA. So I would say, of course, follow your passion, have fun. If sport jiu-jitsu is what you want to get great at, then you better train a lot of gi and you better learn all of the techniques with the gi. But if that, if fighting is anywhere in your realm of, hey, you know what, I'd like to go off and, and do MMA, then worry less about winning a gi tournament and more worried about getting in some of the no-gi uh, tournaments and getting my wrestling up and getting my submission game up a little bit higher. Nothing ambiguous about that advice. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> for the, for the, uh, the stirring up another controversy there, the gi versus no-gi training there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not, not really a controversy. I mean, I, I, that, was, that was great advice and, be, and because it wasn't ambiguous. And, and uh, there you go. If you want to compete in MMA or no-gi, focus on that. If you want to train in gi, focus on that. They're, yeah. they're departing. They're splitting, you know, and, and that's, that's really interesting, I think. I just I just posted something on social media about that recently. Uh, I just I enjoy I'm at the point now where uh, I'm not planning on doing an MMA fight probably ever again, and uh, and I I just I just like both of them. I just like yeah. once in a while get in there, and, you know, yeah. do the gi stuff. Uh, I I kind of probably prefer no gi a little bit, but I I sometimes I like to train with the gi, and and it's just about that for me now. It's just about like. I think both of them are fun at different times. You know, yeah, yeah, and I let me clarify one thing: is training you have to train with the gi. So uh, competing, you must if you're going to compete in the gi uh, arena, not masters. I'm not talking about masters because we're <laughs> there. We can we can play, but uh, I'm talking about adult division, high level adult division. Uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna place, if you want to place, uh, and you're training enough, you need to be good. At Barambolos, you need to be good, or at least defending. You need to know that game inside and out. If you're below what light, you know, if you're a lightweight or below, um, you need to understand that that game. But training, you have to at least train 50% of the time with the gi. If you if you don't, I think uh, you're not going to develop the same, quite the same skill set and quite the same mindset, which is more important than necessarily your skill set is. The speed of what your mind processes danger and attacking is going to be a lot faster with the gi than huh. with no gi. Interesting, yeah. Which some people I think are going to go like, what is he talking about, man? <laughs> Let me explain this. With the gi, there are so many more. There are a lot of moves you can do. There's a lot more moves you can do with the gi. There's a lot more dangerous situations with the gi, different chokes, different sweeps, different things that are happening all at the same time because the games appear slower because of the grip but the dangers and the elements there are vastly more i mean it's not even close so no gi 
it's you can develop a very slow a system almost of no gi and keep yourself somewhat safe but that does not mean that your mind is working to process the ins and outs of danger uh, at the same speed as a, as an expert in the gi. It's going to be different. Interesting. I haven't heard. That's something that I haven't really uh, uh, seen thrown into the debate a lot, but that's uh, that makes a lot of sense. Um, well, thanks thanks so much for... Uh, so. Um, well, it was awesome being on today, and yeah, any anytime anybody's out there wants to come and visit, please do.